Welcome to Thorne's To The Point Podcast. Statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome everyone to The Point Thorne Podcast. I'm Dr. Alan Miller from Thorne, and it is my honor to introduce you today to Wesley Barnett. Wes has been involved with uh, Olympic sport for over half his life, both as an athlete and an administrator. He participated as an athlete in two Olympic Games, 1992 in Barcelona, Barcelona, right? Barcelona. Barcelona, and 1996 in Atlanta, and in Atlanta he secured a sixth place finish. Uh, After those games, Wes worked in the Sport Partnership Division of the U.S. Olympic Committee for two years before leaving to take on the role as the CEO of USA Weightlifting for the next five years, before returning to the USOC for an additional 10 years as a director in performance services, then to sport performance, and finally to the International Games Division. You have been around the sporting world. Yes, I have. Wow. So Wes is currently Vice President of Athletics Business Development for Thorne. Uh, I invited Wes here today to get some of his insight and knowledge in the sports and more specifically sports nutrition world. Thanks for being here, Wes. Thank you for having me. First thing I want to know, because I I just like whipped past this, right, was um, you're a two-time Olympian. Correct. Okay. We see these high-level elite athletes, and, and when I say elite athletes, I don't mean, you know, people with their noses up in the air and, and things like that. Um, you know, I'm just talking to people like at the top of their sport. But rarely um, do we get to see, unless we're competitors or family, uh, how you got there, right? right? How did you get there? Well, it's it's very interesting, and, and, and you are exactly right, because... What you see on TV is the culmination of many, many years of work that that went into getting you there, and and nobody really recognizes the the daily grind uh, and the sacrifice that it takes to get there. And my story is is really interesting because I grew up uh, going to a youth center uh, that was about three blocks away from my house. So we went down there. We would play basketball. We would shoot pool, play ping pong. Uh, and just basically it was a place to hang out after school and, and in the summers. And one day the youth director comes in and he says, I'm having a weightlifting meet today. You have two choices. You can either lift or you have to go home. So I was taught how to lift uh, about two hours before the competition started. <laughs> and if you know the sport of, of Olympic weightlifting, I mean, the lifts are pretty complex, very technical. Um, but I was 12 years old and they were like, this is how you do this one. And this is how you do this one, the snatch and the clean and jerk. So I competed, uh, I got fourth place, uh, in my very first competition, which people are like, Hey, fourth place, that's not too bad. But then I go on to tell them that there were only four people in my <laughs> weight class. So dead last is where I finished. Um, but the coach then came and said, look, uh, we're going to train some, uh, we're going to do some training, uh, throughout the fall and the spring, and then we're going to have another qualification event. And those who qualify will go to the junior Olympics in Jacksonville, Florida next summer. So I trained, I qualified. Uh, there were four of us that went to Jacksonville, Florida, And I went there, I won my weight class, I won the best lifter award, which is calculated by your body weight and the amount of weight that you lift. And they're able to determine who pound for pound is the, is the best kind of athlete. Yeah. yeah. So I won that, uh, for 
all weight classes, 13 years old and younger. And, and this was how long into training? I mean, you had just started learning this. Yeah. So this was probably about six months later. Wow. wow. And then I, because it was my first Junior Olympics, I was also the rookie of the year. So I walk out with two trophies, three gold medals, and I'm thinking, <clears throat> yeah, I can do this. And I stuck with it for the next 17 years. And wow. the, the rest, as they say, is, is history. How tall were you then at 13? Because you're what? 6'2 now? I'm 6'2 now. And uh, when I weighed in, I was in the 104-pound weight class, if you can believe that. Uh, And I weighed in at 99 pounds. I ended up graduating from high school at uh, 5'10", 175. And the biggest I got to, 6'2", 260. And I settle in now about 235. But it... uh, it was a you know a long uh, you know seventeen years, and I think I may hold the distinction of being the only weightlifter, United States or internationally, that has competed in every single weight class from the smallest to the to the largest. As as you were coming up, as yeah. I was coming wow, up, yep. wow, wow. When you, when you started, um, sports and nutrition were probably two words you wouldn't use together, let alone even in the same sentence. Uh, how has that changed? Well, it, it's very interesting because, you know, being from a small town, um, you know, we weren't, you know, really sophisticated. It was just like, yeah, you go where, in. Where and, was where were you from? So I'm from St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, St. Joe. And if you don't know St. Joseph, Missouri, it's where the Pony Express began mm-hmm. and where Jesse James ended. So those are our kind of two claims to fame, a, uh, a failed uh, mail delivery system and a, uh, an outlaw. But uh, those were our claims <laughs> to fame. Typical, you know, Midwest and, you know, you're really ignorant of, of nutrition and, and health and things because everything is fried. You're eating fast food. You're drinking, you know, soft drinks and you're just kind of living life. Right. And, and nobody really kind of talks about that sort of thing. So we really didn't take it uh, very seriously at all. I actually, we would go and, and after we would weigh in, uh, the place to, to go was we would just go, go to McDonald's and, and that would be our fuel up before we, uh, we started competing. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until um, I made it out to the Olympic Training Center that we really started talking about nutrition and, and the training table and you know, how what you put in is going to um, you know, kind of help you in training and, and competition. Um, but it's really something I think that uh, it's an it's an area that I think most athletes they know about they know it's important but they don't have the resources around them to to kind of help guide them they're kind of like left to their own devices and when you are trying to train and compete and 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 make it to whatever level you're trying to make it to whether it's a world championships or Olympic games or whatever uh, you really don't have the time to spend. Uh, doing that that level of research to uh, to kind of educate yourself properly. Still now today, correct, yeah. correct. Still so today, have elite athletes' attitudes changed uh, regarding nutrition? At least I, I would think that people who have the means might take advantage of that. Still, yeah, they they do. I think, like I said, I think everybody knows that they should be eating better, but they don't know what eating better is and and, and what that looks like. And fortunately, now there's. There's more resources out there. Clearly, there's the internet, but but a lot of teams now uh, at the professional level have dietitians that are uh, involved with the team, or or at least someone with a nutrition background. And even at the Olympic level, 
uh, they've noticed that, yes, this is important. I know that at the Olympic Committee, I think they have about five uh, dietitians who are on staff that, um, that work with the various teams and, and athletes. So um, I think from a resource standpoint, it's, it's out there now, but uh, not everybody takes advantage of it. And, and again, you're then left to your own devices to you know, sometimes go out and shop for yourself uh, find supplements for yourself. Yeah. What What about when you're not there, when you're not training? That's uh, exactly yeah, you, right. You get to go home and, and hopefully incorporate what you're learning. Now, you said there's five dietitians, but th- how many athletes? There's a there's a, there's a ton <laughs> of athletes, right? Yeah. So, so they'll take, um, you know, probably about 600 or so um, that will be a part of, of Team USA with all the teams. But what a lot of people don't understand is about 80% or more of the Olympic team comes from people who live outside of training center walls. Uh, so you still have to uh, be basically on your own devices to find the food, to find the supplements. And even when I was there, I mean, it was, it was something that was very new. This is very early 1990s. My philosophy was, I'm going to take these supplements because I know I need to. You know, multivitamins, creatine was 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 very big at the time, mm-hmm. um, and my uh, and a lot of things for joint health. Uh, and my thing, uh, Alan, was if I took these products and I didn't fail a drug test, I would just keep taking those products, same <laughs> brand, yeah, same everything, not realizing that from batch to batch. Um, you know, the formulations could change and, and lots of things can change. And just because, you know, you bought it in January and you didn't have a positive test, you bought the same product in June, it could be, it could mm, be contaminated. Mm. But that was the level of sophistication or unsophistication, right. I should say, you know, that, you know, that I had. And, and here I was at the, at the Olympic Training Center. Things have progressed, um, pretty dramatically since then. Uh, so there is a lot more guidance, but still many, many athletes are kind of left to their own devices to yeah. figure this stuff out. And nobody wants to help them because they don't want the liability. Right, right. So does that makes the athletes, I would think it would, would make the athletes afraid basically to, you know, who do, who do I trust? What do I trust? Do I just not take anything? And it, and it goes both ways. So some of the national governing bodies will say, just no, don't, just you, don't. Hang on. When you say national governing bodies, so, for, for those people that don't yeah. have the, the knowledge of that, like you and me. So these will be the organizations that um, are in charge of the Olympic sports. So USA Tennis, USA Hockey, USA Swimming. Okay. Okay. Uh, those are NGBs or national governing bodies. Now, see, that's something I didn't know until I met you. Okay. Was that there was a CEO of U.S. weightlifting and there's a CEO of U.S. soccer and that all of these organizations have their own uh, organizational structure. Correct. Uh, and it's not... Not just USOC, you know, so looking the, after everything. Yeah, so the U.S. Olympic Committee is kind of the umbrella organization yeah. underneath it. Um, you have each of these organizations, they have their own board of directors, their own staff, their own resources, and, um, you know, they are the ones responsible for training the athletes and, and putting them on the team where the Olympic Committee just kind of organizes um, all of those things and um, sends the team uh, to the games. Okay. All right. So, so athletes afraid to supplement, um, not afraid to supplement, or, or are they sort of in the same camp that you were way back when of, well, I'll take something and, uh, if I, if it's okay and I don't 
mess up a drug test, I'm I'm good. Keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Because the the, the the NGBs or the national governing bodies will say, well, just don't take anything. Right. And, yeah. and I could see that. Take it at your own risk. And there were some athletes that went that route that said, well, I just won't take anything, even you know, an ibuprofen. They yeah. they just would not take anything because they were scared to death. Because hmm. when you think about it, I mean, especially for someone like me who was a very um, outspoken. Uh, advocate for, for clean sport because of the sport that I came from, uh, the sport of weightlifting, uh, which, you know, I competed against cheaters internationally yeah. my whole life. The last thing that you wanted was to be this outspoken uh, critic and then end up with a positive drug test. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was always that kind of weighing in your mind. And it turns not only your sport upside down, it turns your life upside down because now you're labeled a cheater. Everything is in turmoil, and you can just talk all you want about, hey, this was an accident or something happened. But you always kind of have that stigma on you as as a cheater. So, throws your career uh, into a tailspin, and and in many cases turns your life completely upside down. So yeah, it can ruin, can just ruin it. Can ruin your what you've worked for for you yeah know, for decades for years and years. Yeah, since absolutely. You were a kid. Why do athletes want to supplement? Well, I think athletes realize that there is a need to supplement. And and some of them, frankly, they don't know. They just think, well, everybody else is doing it, so mm-hmm. this is something that I need to do. But for the most part, they know that it's it's going to help benefit them, you know, help them with recovery, help them with sleep, um, help them in their, in their training. So uh, they do realize it's important. But again, they just don't know always what to take and, and where to get it. And that was part of my, uh, my quest when I was at the USOC because uh, everyone was taking this approach that we're going to let the athletes do what they want to do and it's take at your own risk. And if you walk through this minefield alone and, and get blown up, well, that's on you. It's not on us. Um, and I always thought we can do better than that on behalf of the athletes. We can um, not just kind of bury our heads in the sand, knowing that they were taking supplements and not doing anything to help them. Um, we can actually find resources for them and help guide them, uh, basically to to help keep them safe and give them peace of mind. So, my leadership said, "Well, if you feel so strongly about this, then go and and see if you can find a solution." Yeah. So, for the 10 years that I was working at the Olympic Committee, I was like Moses wandering the desert, right? <laughs> Trying to find a company that could do everything that, that I felt was important uh, to be done to keep the athletes safe and give them peace of mind. And there were lots of them out there that said, we'll build a separate facility or we'll do a different wing uh, and we will basically conform to whatever it is that you think needs to be done. Uh, it wasn't until I quite by accident came across Thorn that uh, they said, well, we do everything that you want, but we do it on a daily basis as part of our daily business. And we do it about three or four levels above what it is that, uh, you know, that you're even asking for here. So once I dug a little bit deeper into that and came out to uh, visit the plant when it was in when it was in Idaho and and walked through and brought some officials from the Olympic Committee out. Mm-hmm. It was pretty evident that Thorne was doing something different than anybody else was doing, and that gave the Olympic Committee the confidence to then endorse Thorne within the Olympic family and let them know that 
oh, by the way, a solution has been found to help keep your athletes safe and give everybody peace of mind. I remember meeting those folks when they came out and meeting you at the same time. Uh, and um, th- that was a lengthy process. That, that was a good um, couple of years, at least, of, uh, of you guys sort of testing the waters and talking to us. And, and uh, it, was, it was really an interesting process, too, and very thorough. Yeah, I appreciated that. When I was at the Olympic Committee, I learned that nothing happened very quickly. But but certainly, because this area was such a sensitive topic that we had to make sure that we got this right. We had to make sure that uh, we could confidently say that we had found a solution. So you you don't want to tie tie your kite string to uh, somebody that's going to do something to embarrass that that huge organization. That, Absolutely yeah, totally, correct. Totally, totally get that, yeah. Absolutely correct. So more every every year it seems like more records are broken. Um, people are running faster, um, lifting greater weights, uh, etc. Do you think it's uh, do you think it's one of these things, these things, and or a combination of three? And it's I, I think I know the answer, but uh, technique, training, nutrition, technology. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything because, uh, as you can see, with you know, equipment gets better, technology gets better, uh, coaches are getting smarter, athletes are getting smarter. So uh, there are a lot of things that uh, that really go into getting ready for a competition that, that, that people really don't understand. And and really, the uh, the biggest thing is is recovery, right? Recovery from the day to day training. Now, when I was competing. Uh, we trained six days a week, twice a day. Um, mm. Not a whole lot of downtime in that. Not a ton of downtime. And the most important thing we could do was recover. Well, really, the, the thing that we um, looked at most for our recovery was sleep. Now, when you have uh, you know products that can help with, with recovery from uh, just a nutrition standpoint, from a joint health standpoint, and from a sleep standpoint... Um, you can throw all of that into the mix, and, and, and that's what I tell people about supplements. Supplements don't make you run faster, lift more weights. Really what they do is they support your training. And if you're more rested, uh, if you have more energy, and you can bring that to the table every day that you're training, well, now you can push yourself harder, longer, and in more areas. So then that subsequently leads to uh, increases in, in performances. So yeah. I think and folks have just gotten a lot smarter about how they approach training and, and the recovery so that yeah. they can you know, really push themselves uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're recovering well, if you're taking in the right nutrients so that you can recover, so that your tissues can rebuild those nutrients and rebuild uh, tissue that's being damaged by this, this daily onslaught, uh, then you can have some nutritional reserves so that, yeah, you can perform better and then recover better from that. Um, and when we talk at that level, when we talk about performing better, we're talking about increments. We're talking about such a small amount sometimes between first place and last place. Uh, and it, it amazes me sometimes. Yeah, 100%. And the thing that I've learned um, also about kind of nutrition uh, and supplements is, you know, everyone's always looking for that, oh, give me the the extra half percent or the, the extra one percent. And you've, yeah. you've heard that all the time. Um, but realizing that there may be other deficiencies Uh, that exists. So if you're not taking care of the 99%, (laughs) uh, the 1% isn't going to get you anywhere. So if you're already at 75% and you get that extra 1%, great for you. You're at 76%. 
but what you need to do is really address the 99% before you start looking at the, you know, the extra 1% and, and the things that you need to do. Because what athletes put, yourselves, put themselves through, and when you think about this at that elite level, you've got to be a little bit crazy. I mean, you, you know, mentally, you do things to your body that most people aren't willing to do. And, 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 and maybe in some cases you, you shouldn't do, but, <laughs> yeah. but you really push beyond the bounds to, uh, you know, to, to achieve and, and to have that success. So when you think about uh, what your body uh, needs to have to be able to adapt to uh, that sort of rigor and, and do it day in and day out, there is a lot uh, that needs replenished and replaced and, and, and revitalized that you simply can't get out of food, that you simply can't get out of, out of sleep, that you need some extra help to kind of make that happen. Because if, yeah. you, if you don't, then you're not going to, uh, to ever make it to the podium. Exactly. And that, really, that's what we talk about when we talk about supplementation. Uh, it's, it's about getting that, uh, that extra nutrient amount, that extra nutrient pool so that you can draw on that when you need to, yep. to recover, to perform or whatever. And you're not necessarily going to get that just from food. Not that food isn't important. Food right. is, is incredibly important. Correct. But you're not going to get that extra amount that you're going to need to uh, rebuild and replenish this tremendous damage that you're doing to your body on a daily basis. And when you think about, you know, the different sports and, and the competitions that they do, you've got to be on like every single day. Yeah. Uh, you have to be ready to compete every single day because if you're not, chances are your competition is. So it's critical to, you know, not only have that support and, and help nutritionally on a daily basis when you're training, but when you're in a competition and you're going through rounds and rounds and you need to be at your at your best every day or as Whitney Houston once sang, that one moment in time mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where you have to be at your best, it's, it's so critically important uh, to do. And mm. I just wish that I knew more then, uh, as much as I as I know now. And the other part that I'm really disturbed about is I didn't know about Thorn uh, <laughs> back when back when I was competing. So my job now is to uh, to make Thorn uh, less of a secret. Now, if you could tell athletes at all levels to take three supplements, what would it be? Put you on the spot here. A multivitamin number one because that's going to. Uh, you know, really cover the uh, kind of the foundational uh, basis, and depending on on what sport you're in, I mean, I always like the, the the fish oils, and then you know something for my joints because that was the uh, the sport that I that I came from. Um, but I I think if I had to choose three, it would be you know the multivitamin, something to help with uh, with sleep, and then uh, something to to help with the uh, you know the knee joints. So I would yeah. do the the Recovery Pro, the Mariva, and the Multivitamin Elite would be my uh, my top three. We talked about like doping and drug tests. Doping has become more sophisticated. You've got basically chemists figuring out how you can get around drug testing and how you can take certain metabolites of drugs that are going to have an effect that aren't but aren't going to show up on a on a drug test. Um, and then, of course, God, the, the Russians and Sochi and the sophistication. Of, of their trickery around that was just amazing. Do you think this will ever go away, or is it just that, that perception of that slightest advantage again? You know, I don't think it'll ever go away because as long as there is, uh, is money to be won, as long as there uh, is fame to be had, and as long as there are 
countries that are pretty uh, depressed from the standpoint of opportunities uh, for themselves and their families, sport is a, is a vehicle to a better way of life. In some countries, it's the difference between whether your family eats mm. or, or doesn't eat. So you have that motivation, plus the fact that they think everybody else that I'm competing against is, is also doing it. So it's just a normal part of sport. Yeah. Uh, in many of these sports, I mean, <clears throat> doping is as, as normal as, you know, you don't play third base in baseball without a baseball glove. Uh, in some of these sports, <laughs> it's just hey, a tool. It's just a it's yeah. just another tool in the, yeah. in the toolbox. They don't even see it as cheating. Uh, wow. They know that there are rules against it, and whatever. But in their mind, those rules are stupid, um, and they really don't don't see it as cheating. So, hmm. on on one end, you get those who are just kind of looking for glory. On another end, you know they're looking for the for the fame and fortune for the payout. And the, yeah. and the other end, you're just looking for. Uh, you know, individuals who just want their family to have a better life. And, um, mm. you know, while I can kind of empathize and, 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 and see some of those points, um, it doesn't help the athlete who wants to do things the, the right way and, um, and, and do things the, the legal way and, and follow the rules. Yeah. But um, I don't think it'll ever go away. So how can athletes make absolutely sure they're getting what they need supplementally without the worry. Yeah, so, you know, those that are, 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 are wanting to cheat are going to cheat, right? Uh, so where a company like Thorne comes into play is for those athletes that, that want to do things the right way. Uh, they want to do things in a manner that is, uh, uh, that are consistent with the rules and, uh, and fair play. So the three boxes that I always wanted to check uh, on behalf of the athletes were that the products were safe and, and healthy to take, uh, meaning they didn't have pollutants and contaminants and herbicides and pesticides and those sorts of things, mm -hmm. heavy metals. Uh, so are the products safe, first of all? In this industry, as people know, marketing triumphs science. Um, Far too often. <laughs> so you have garbage products out there that are marketed really well and, um, again, because of the level of sophistication and education that many of the athletes have, they just don't know. And the coaches, they just don't know. So, hey, if uh, this famous person is taking it, then, you know, it must be okay. The problem is they don't work. <laughs> um, so for me, efficacy was a, was a huge piece of this. You know, we want products that actually worked. And with the uh, Mayo Clinic collaboration that exists with Thorne, uh, that told me right away that, okay, if a company like, like Mayo is involved, then uh, this is, you know, ultra legit. And then thirdly, it's the banned substances. After my conversation with the CEO and said, well, we need to have this um, kind of element included as well, um, it was a no-brainer, and they kind of immediately went into production mode and, and was able to get a line of products available within like six months before the uh, Olympic Games in, in Brazil in 2016. Uh, yeah. So those three boxes, safe, um, it's free of banned substances, and the products actually work. And how does the athlete know that they're free of banned substances? The NSF certification ah, yes. is first and foremost, and the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency has come out and said that 
NSF is the gold standard uh, when it comes to third-party testing. NSF is uh, the company that is endorsed by uh, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, and and they're the ones that kind of set the bar for all of this. So how does, how does that work then for a Thorn product to be NSF certified for sport? What we've done is we've looked at the line of products that, that we wanted, and we worked in conjunction with uh, the dietitians, the, the sport dietitians at the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee to say, you know, what are the products that, uh, that you guys are recommending uh, most often? And then uh, we've developed this line, and, and Thorne has the most comprehensive line of NSF-certified products on the marketplace where we've got just over 30 products, and I don't think anybody else comes, comes even close to that. Um, and those are all products that are going to be centered around, you know, kind of training and recovery and, and um, you know, foundational health and those sorts of things. It's a very expensive process, which is why many just refuse to do it because right, it's yeah. very, very profitable not to do it. But uh, the one thing that I, that I learned about Thorne, uh, one of many things, but one thing that really stood out to me is Thorne really cares about the people that put our products in their bodies. And with what athletes have at stake uh, going into these Olympic Games and, and, and their training and their lives and careers, uh, that's something that Thorne takes very, very seriously and, and pays a lot of attention to. So those products are available uh, you know, to the athletes now. And um, like I said, we've got over 30 products that, you know, that are out there to help support them. So two things, when they see Thorne, and when they see NSF certified, really what I tried to create with this relationship was peace of mind for the athletes. Exactly. You yeah. don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. You see Thorn, you see NSF, you know you're good to go. The products are safe, they're free of banned substances, and they're going to work. Excellent. Yeah, that... that um, Peace of mind is really what I always fall back on, too, that um, the athlete can always be completely comfortable, that they can take their daily supplementation and, and never have to worry about inadvertently uh, popping positive on a urine test. Or well, you know, test. What's, you know what's very stressful, though, is even as an athlete that I was trying to do things the right way always, whenever the drug tester came knocking at the door, you always had this kind of little bit of panic, right? Yeah, that, and this, yeah. this sick feeling in your stomach. You're like, hmm. okay, is what I'm taking safe and whatever. So you're you're very diligent about listing everything uh, and and, uh, and and putting those on the forms. Hmm. Um, so now, you know, my hope is that when athletes can take Thorn products, they don't have that sick feeling in the stomach when the drug tester uh, comes a knocking uh, mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons because the U.S. Anti Doping Agency. They're either at that point or they're almost at that point where they're saying if it says NSF certified on it and you test positive and it can be traced back to an NSF certified product. Which is pretty much impossible because they're testing for over 200 banned substances. Correct. So NSF would really have to fall down and mm-hmm. and, and, and really drop the ball on this for that to happen. But if that were to happen, then you get a get out of jail free card and and um, you know you you aren't punished uh, as oh, a result see, of that positive test so um, that's a pretty pretty big statement and 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 that's why even with the entire line of products that Thorne makes 
for our sport clients, we say only stick with our NSF products. And that's tough for us to, to, to say because we know that all of our products go through very rigorous testing, but we can't be hypocrites and say, don't trust anybody else, just trust us, mm-hmm. even though they can trust us. Because there's companies out there that will certify, NSF certify one or two of their products in hopes of creating a halo effect oh, I see. Yeah, for the rest right, of their right. products. So Because yeah. it's expensive to do 30 yeah. products. Yeah, sure. And we have one or two over yeah. here, and then the athlete gets tricked into thinking, well, everything must be safe. Yeah. So we'll even tell And them. it might be, or... It could be, yeah, but, it's it might not, not. but it yeah, doesn't just, have that NSF sure. stamp on it. So yeah. from, from Thorne's perspective, we just say, <laughs> hey, look, we're not going to be hypocrites here because... Whether you take Thorn products or not, and we hope you do, but whether you whether you do or not, always look for that NSF certified to be safe. So that is the only uh, line of products that we supply to uh, the national teams that we work with and many of the professional sports that, that purchase from us. It's only the NSF certified line. Awesome. Wes, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sitting down and talking with me. Uh, it's always good to uh, meet with you and talk with you about... Uh, about these topics and many other. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime, happy to do it and, uh, you know, kind of appreciate everything you do. Right on. Thanks. Thank you.